This week's episode is brought to you by Patrick Seattle. Did you hear that they moved? If you live in the Seattle area, please, what are you doing? If you haven't seen the new location, head on over there. It's so much bigger, and there's even a Needham Woodworks case there. It's beautiful. But say you know, maybe you don't live in Seattle. Well, you can head over to Patchworks Online, you dangus. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com for all your synthesizer needs. While you're over there, why don't you uh, pick yourself up some After Later audio modules like the Benjamin V2, the Filthy Filter, the Envy Envelope Generator, the Tilt Slope Generator. I mean, the steps, random gates and voltages. They've got it all, and there's going to be some really, really great new stuff coming out. So visit AfterLaterAudio.com as well while you're on the internet. And once again, thank you to Needham Woodworks for their continued support of the show. What do you say we get into this week's episode? My name is Tim Held, and I would like to thank you for coming back to Podula Modcast. Or if this is your first time, thanks for joining us. This week we have another podcast host on the show. We have Jay Ryan from the Deerhorn Podcast. The Deerhorn Podcast focuses all around Chiat Lombard or Seat Lombard, however you'd like to pronounce that, uh, and the artists that use it. Um, highly recommend it. Jay's a great dude. He releases music under the name Samuel Edmund, and he also just released a compilation tape uh, with a bunch of different people that have come off of the Deerhorn podcast and made music for this specific project, all on Chiat Lombard instruments. It is called Cocoa Butter, and it's available on cassette. Link in the show description. So we're going to talk about it in this episode, but I just want to extend uh, just an extra thanks to Jay. He sent me his uh, his plum butter, which is a Chiat Lombard instrument, um, to borrow to just get familiar with it uh, in preparation for him coming on this podcast and for me going on his podcast. So be on the lookout. I think in a month or so, I'm going to be on the Deerhorn and we're going to talk about uh, my my uh, experience with that. And we'll talk a little bit about that in today's episode. But I just, I had to say all that one to say thanks again to Jay, such a nice guy. And also, um, this is a piece of music that I made on the Plum Butter. So uh, I figured I'd use it for some intro music. Um, few things to tell you about. One, I'm just so grateful to everybody who has supported me on Patreon, present, past, or future. Is that weird? Can I thank you for something that you might do in the future? Well, who knows? Because when you're listening to this and when I'm recording it are different times in the fabric of our maybe not linear timeline. Is this tracking at all? Is this making sense? Of course it isn't. I'm, I'm speaking in buffoonery. But all of that is to say thank you if you support me on Patreon. And if you would like to keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podmod, please visit patreon.com forward slash Modcast. One more piece of uh, not really news. I, don't, I wouldn't call it fake news, but I'd call it weird, maybe not news. Um, I don't know if the event that I scheduled for September 4th here in the South Park neighborhood of Seattle is actually going to happen. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that because, you know, the whole Delta variant thing is freaking people out. And uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to organize an event around that. Um, 
but in case it is going to happen, it's going to be September 4th at the South Park Hall, 5 p.m. Um, so you mark your calendars for something that might happen. Uh, yeah. And that's about all I have for news. Um, I'm just going to leave you with this on the intro before we get into this episode. Uh, if you haven't got yourself into a river this summer, remedy that. Go find the colder the better, I'd say too. And you don't have to go swimming. All you have to do is just get down in the push-up position and just full submersion. One dunk. I would I would recommend going for at least three dunks, but then once you're in three times, like you're like you're in. So it feels pretty good to to do that. But but I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to ask too much of you. You'll thank me. I promise. Find yourself a river. Make communion. Go full submersion. If you're wondering why I'm talking like a like a like a soft jazz radio DJ um, it's because my wife is asleep and our apartment's small and I'm doing this intro last minute a little peek behind the curtain you're welcome let's talk to Jay Ryan Jay Ryan Jay Samuel Edmund Ryan is that your full name that's my full name okay I've I've been wondering like okay I know he has like Samuel Edmund as his performing name, but I, I figured that was it. That's a that's a pretty sweet full name. I got to be honest. That's a pretty sweet four first names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you have you have four first names. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be a good name for an album. Four first names. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, speaking of album, I want to talk to you about your album here in a little bit. But before we do that, let's. Uh, well, I'm going to pretend that I don't know you and get to know you for the audience. But I do want to share that I was thinking about it yesterday, just kind of like preparing for this. And whenever when I think back to Velocity, our event in Seattle, I think my most fond memory is meeting you and Kelsey and then going skating the next day. That's like one of the first things that pops into my head when I think of Velocity. That was... And I have to say, because I was like, and this is, this is, I don't know if this is going to sound gauche or I don't know, it might come across as douchey, but it was like the first time that straight, like I'd had strangers know who I was and be stoked to meet me. So I think I just have like that paired in my head is like you being one of the first people that I've met that were like recognized me. And then, yeah, it was, it just felt really good. And then we found out that we were both like into all the same shit and yeah, like it was funny because I was starstruck, you know, because <laughs> like, I, I like uh, I had followed the show since pretty much since you started. I think I came in like when you were four or five episodes deep and then but I listened from episode one on and I've listened to pretty much everything since. And uh, yeah, I, I'd have to say I have the same the same fondness for it. Um, and I remember pretty clearly that. I wanted to buy a ton of merch, like there was uh. tapes and the Waveform magazine was there, Uh huh. and I was by myself, I didn't have a bag, and I just remember you and Hannah running around all day, like trying to find me a bag, oh, I didn't and I was like, that. oh, okay, so Tim is the absolute nice guy I always thought he was. 
Well, then you, I didn't even know you had brought your skateboard or were skating. And then Kyle Swisher, um, Dark Sparkler, he sent me like a, an Instagram message or something like just shared your post. And it was like you doing like a board slide with like the space needle behind you or something. So I like messaged you. I was like, dude, let's, let's go skate. And I think Ellison came too, right? From waveform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that did. was so much fun. Um, I haven't been skating much. I, I hurt my back last time I went skating with Ellison and I've been too lazy to stretch properly to go skating again. It's hard to have that discipline. Like I am yeah. terrible for it too. I still go and just beat myself up worse and worse, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not fun to take care of yourself. I, I can, I can edit this out if you're, if you're uncomfortable with people knowing that you smoked cigarettes but I just remember one of my memories of you is like you doing like a, a trick, like while smoking a cigarette. I think you did like a tail slide or something like while holding a cigarette. And I remember thinking like, that's the most Canadian shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to edit that out. I think most people know by now that I'm a heavy smoker. And uh, <laughs> you probably can tell from my voice. <laughs> but uh yeah no i think pretty much every time i post a clip i'm smoking because the smoke comes out when you're frustrated and you're like oh i need to do this now or never so you take the smoke and then it's happening in that smoke or it's not <laughs> so um so you've moved like you've basically gone from coast to coast in canada right because you're aren't you originally from newfoundland that, that is right? correct. I grew up in Newfoundland until I was, I moved straight out of high school. Like I graduated and I think within three weeks I moved and then okay. I lived in Ontario for um, a year and a half because I was going to pursue skateboarding as a career Oh, nice! and uh, got plagued with injuries. So that didn't quite work <laughs> out. I mean, not that it was going to anyways, but trying right. didn't work out <laughs> and then yeah i ended up in edmonton for the the better half of my 20s and we just moved to vancouver so yeah we kind of did the far east coast the middle and now the far west yeah that's I, i'm so excited i can't wait for restrictions to lift because you're like right there so now we can like i really want to come uh, and play shows up in Vancouver and explore. So now, like, I just once they open those borders, man, we got to start start uh, doing some some modular shit together. Well, I tell you, there's a couch here for you, but there's no air conditioner. Okay, I'll come <laughs> up in the spring or fall then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard it should be colder by then, but who knows with this summer? This is scary. Yeah, it's been really, really warm. I think you're probably pretty close to similar weather as us, maybe a little cooler. But did you get that like weird 115 day a few weeks ago? I don't know what 115 is. Oh, right. Because you're at Celsius. Are all, like Celsius. Like, oh, I know shit. we've had tons of days that have been over 30. And, like, I mean, this is my first summer here. And from what I gather, it's not normal. Yeah. But, uh, like, that would be the kind of thing in Alberta anyways, that you'd see like maybe once or twice a year. And now it's, yeah, <laughs> it just won't go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, like the, um, there's like the climate's changing or something. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I, I can't understand why. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think I've heard something about this. Um, so, okay. 
So you're you move you're going to be a skateboarder. Were you were you playing music at this time? A little. I was like strumming an acoustic and singing Neil Young and stuff nice. like that at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and I grew up on my dad's like classic rock records, and I, I spent most of my life thinking that electronic music was garbage. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had that mentality like there's no good music anymore. Electronic instruments aren't real. And it was just full on like Pink Floyd, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to Alberta, I got a little bit more involved in music and I played in a few cover bands. I played bass uh, for a band called Tequila Mockingbird. That, tequila? Uh, like, tequila like the, Mockingbird. That's and, awesome. Uh, we were the sort of band <laughs> that, you know, in a pub with about 15 people in it, the lead singer while covering ACDC would stand on a table and spit beer over everyone. So that was a cool okay. experience. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I kind of got sick of the party scene that came with that. And I attempted the singer-songwriter uh, route for a while, just acoustic and vocals you know maybe bring a friend to play lead or bass or something Mm -hmm. and just kind of faded out of that and it was around 2010 the early 2010s when i don't know if you are familiar with the genre chill wave i know that it exists but okay so like washed out neon indian okay yeah yeah, any bands like that that it was basically like you know, super nostalgic sounding lo-fi pop music that was very electronic. And that was my first introduction to like, I don't want to say real electronic music, but full on electronic music, you know, like there Mm -hmm. were synths and Pink Floyd and all that, but I didn't even know what that would have been back then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I got GarageBand and started playing with the plugins and eventually the guitar just kind of went further and further to the back burner uh, I got into a little synth pop project for a while some of that is still out there but I'm not going to direct anyone to it <laughs> <laughs> um, which was like just yeah I mean I've heard you talk about your prolific days with recording uh, lots and lots of tracks to put a song together so that was that uh-huh. kind of thing where you know you'd have 30 different layers to your kick drum and 400 background parts that you can't even hear (laughs) yeah yeah so that was that kind of thing and i just got jaded like and and playing live with an ipod and a synth was not exactly fun either right yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um my friend chris burwash who's uh, a pretty active ambient musician as well he owned the record store in edmonton and he made his first record with uh Uh, Kilpatrick Phenol and he let me borrow it and uh, that was my first introduction to modular stuff and I was off social media at the time as well so like I didn't know about the whole community that was blossoming and I didn't know any of that I was just a synth nerd that was removed from (laughs) the world basically Uh uh (laughs) and uh, yeah so I borrowed his Phenol and basically couldn't get it to do anything and but i was i was hooked like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i i didn't make music but i I was definitely hooked and then i picked up uh 
you know, this is the first time you've heard this story, I'm sure, but I picked up an O-Coast. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. That seems to be a lot of people's entry point. Yeah, and, and what changed with that was Walker's videos. Mm-hmm. So now I could go from not knowing anything to knowing anything I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. And And that was huge, and then that led into, you know, the shared system videos, and then I ended up with that, and... And yeah, so basically, once I got into modular, I got into ambient, um, which is not cliche at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that led to now where um, uh, I guess I also have a podcast and somehow I'm talking to you, which is weird. Yeah, it's it's a weird journey. Um, so, but you kind of cover all of the form. Don't you have a bukla as well? I have an easel, yes. You have an easel, and then you also you fuck with the Chiat Lombard stuff, obviously, because that's what your podcast is about. Yes, yeah. And I've got a tiny single-panel surge uh, made by Loudest Warning. Shout out, Charlie. I love you. <laughs> you are Modular Man. What's that? I'm, you're like Modular Man. Sure. I, I, uh, I'm only Eurorack, and, well, I'll have to say for the audience, Jay was beyond kind and generous and sent me his plum butter which is sitting in front of me right now uh to play with which i still am like i can't believe that this person sent me this crazy synth to just borrow so thank you um you're welcome thanks for having me on yeah um so when how do you find yourself uh wanting to do a podcast and why why chiat lombard well i mean I've I've told you this before. I've said it on the first few episodes of the Deerhorn. It wouldn't exist without yours. That's for damn sure. Um, but at, like yourself, I'm a big fan of the comedy podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. And what happened was um, after I met you and Kyle as well. I knew Kyle's podcast, and we became good friends after Velocity Two. Mm-hmm. And I I just. W- I knew I wanted to do one, but I needed to find an angle, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I didn't want to step on uh, your guys' toes. And I mean, there was also esoteric modulation at the time and John O'Wells was doing dot wave. And what happened was I finally got some Chiat Lombard mm-hmm. and just instantly... I, I sorry, I should specify it was the Coco Guanis that I got, which is like the delay looper thing for anyone who's not familiar. Mm-hmm. And just instantly, like the sound that I bought seven thousand euro rack modules to try and find was just in this box, and it okay. smelled good, and it looked cool, and it was weird, and it was Banana Jacks, which I love, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, as soon as I got the cocoa, like within the first week, I had like two hundred or two hundred two hours worth of music recorded, and I was like, "What is happening?" Like uh-huh. I'm so <laughs> in love with this thing, and then I realized like there's no manuals for any of this stuff, and uh, it, it was like gaining popularity at the time. I think like I, it still seems to be pe- peaking. But mm-hmm. I, I felt there was enough interest around it to, to warrant a podcast. So, yeah, as soon as I connected with the Coco and got the next few things, I'm like, no, this is it. I just, I need to do it. 
And my whole plan from day one was to kind of take all of the things I love and or don't love about everyone else's podcasts and just try and make mine fill that gap, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Um, and it's, I'm so happy that you and Kyle decided to do yours because before that I, I, I had a lot of people, you should do more Buchla stuff. You should, you know, try to talk about, um, Chiat Lombard stuff. And I just, I don't have, I've, I've never had experiences with it. So I was like, I don't know what I would do. I could like interview people who use the stuff, but I wouldn't know the questions to ask or anything. So like, I don't know. I think it's, I'm, I'm just like, I think it's so cool that we have these, all these different podcasts kind of doing their own thing and really filling the gaps of, you know, cause like, like you and I listen to a lot of the same comedy podcasts and we all go to, we go to those separate com- comedy podcasts for different, to scratch different itches, you know? Totally. And I'm, I think there's like another new modular podcast that's like 10, 10 episodes deep with a guy from Europe. Um, God, I forgot what it's called. Is that the synth design podcast I've, or whatever? Maybe, maybe, but yeah, they seem to be popping up a lot and, uh, that's pretty cool. Well, because, like, I remember, you know, like I said, I've listed pretty much everything you've done, and you've brought up a lot that you don't care, especially with how frequently you do your podcast to get into the weeds about gear and stuff. And, -hmm. you know, like, I appreciate that you respect us for uh, zoning in on a specific little realm of that, but... Mm -hmm. How would anyone be able to stay fully in the loop with all the Eurorack stuff? It's totally, it can't be easy. No, it's, and, and, and after a while, especially doing it weekly, it's just like, I'll kind of get your little gear talked out, you know? Yeah. I totally get it. Which it's funny because that's why I started the podcast is because like, I couldn't stop talking about this stuff and you know, um, I was annoying people who didn't give a fuck. (laughs) You know, I actually kind of was the same thing but my problem was i mean this was i started the deer horn it was one of those born out of covid things Mm -hmm. uh but it was because i felt bad because i was on my phone all the time talking to people on my phone like texting instagram messenger whatever and Mm -hmm. i'm like why don't i just do this in person so that i'm not always on my phone and i can have real conversations with these people Mm-hmm. Of course, what I wasn't prepared for is more and more people <laughs> are becoming connected with more and more people as the show goes on. And now I'm just on my phone four times as much because I have yeah. about 80 more friends. <laughs> <laughs> more and more people reaching out to you to ask you questions and stuff. I'm sure like you've become kind of uh, like, do people come to you as like a resource? Like, hey, I just got a plum butter. Like, can you help me figure out how to fucking work it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. To some extent, it's not like I'm just flooded every day with that stuff or anything, but mm-hmm. I've had a little bit of it. And um, and I've also, like, you know, made myself, I hope so anyways, appear very open to such things. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love when people reach out to me. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, God, my freaking i forgot to silence my phone that's how that's professionalism right there um i i asked jamie liddell this question and i want to ask you you know doing keep having the the podcast of uh go through covid did you find that it was helping you deal with 
the lack of social interaction that was in everyday life during that time? Oh, of course. Yeah. Big time. Uh, in fact, like now that the world's open a little bit more, I'm finding it harder and harder to do. And, and it's not that uh-huh. I don't love doing it, but especially with this weather that we have and everything, it's it's hard to want to sit inside for an hour and melt to talk about gear, when, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, but um, one thing that, you know, I, I tried to be clear about was that there was never going to be a Patreon or anything simply because I didn't want to have to have to put out content right i wanted the deer horn to be my thing on my time whenever i wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and you know occasionally Mm -hmm. i'll have a friend that has a record coming out and i'm like okay well let's just do this now because i want to help you with timing and whatever but yeah like that was the thing that i didn't want to grow it into a big entity because now you know if i miss a couple months whatever but it'll be back it's not going anywhere yeah no i i i i uh i'm a little jealous of that in a way because you know like last week i didn't have a conversation recorded and it was one day till episode release so i had to quickly that's anytime i do a new music episode that means i was scrambling to make sure i had because i think i've only missed maybe three weeks or maybe four in three years. That's which, pretty impressive, dude. You should, uh, uh, I'll give you I a don't. virtual pat on the back. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I, I really like doing it. And I think, I think um, to kind of go back to that, like COVID thing, I, I'm curious, like, like COVID aside, I want to see if you've had experiences like this where just having novel conversations with people when you get the option to do that, like with somebody new that you maybe haven't talked to that much or ever, um, sometimes before the podcast, I'm like, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have scheduled it today. I don't want to do it. And then afterwards I'm always like, so grateful that I did it. And I feel almost kind of like high, like I just had a great social experience even through zoo. Yeah. So no, that, I, I totally that? get that. I mean, I feel that right now to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so much fun. And especially like what I find is um, people really like to talk when the 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 focus of the conversation is like their shit, you know? Yeah, like totally. Their story or like whatever they're into. And you can get like once people are like get over the the uh, like maybe the nervousness or like feeling kind of weird about talking about themselves, there becomes like a level of play to it where it feels kind of like really open, more open than just your, you know, your stuffy party conversation, icebreaker. Like, so what do you do? You know, like the weather. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have talked about the weather quite a bit. This one, I was bitching about the weather in New York. Um, Yeah. So, so like, I'm curious what, I mean, I know why you, you just explained why you started the podcast and, and I know that you did it with Chiat Lombard so you could carve out your own niche, but I'm kind of like curious, like, can you explain what, what it is about this particular format that really speaks to you? Cause it yeah, seems sure. to like, it I mean, seems to really get its hooks into people like people who are into it fucking love it, you know? Like, yeah. So I kind of came up with the tagline for the show, um, a Seattle Lombard podcast for the curious and committed. Uh-huh. <laughs> because there there was definitely this sense of curiosity from people who maybe had no interest whatsoever 
You know, I think even if you didn't know anything about it, you see these little wooden boxes with colorful jacks and no labeling, and there's got to be at least a little bit of curiosity involved, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I think, like, for me, when it comes to ambient music, a big part of what I search for when I create is a sense of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And these instruments I found... Um, more than anything else that I've ever used invoke that like childlike level of play because you don't always know what you're doing. I still don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time and I don't care. I enjoy doing it. Um, The plum butter is a perfect example of that. Like I talked about it a ton on my podcast. It was my favorite instrument to patch. I didn't even like the sounds that came out of it. It was just (laughs) sitting there and playing with it was just so fun. It, it, uh-huh. There was a weird childlike fun that that you or I couldn't really find in anything else. And, you know, the more time I spend with it, the more I learn, but that doesn't seem to go away. Okay. A- and I okay. found in doing the podcast that they become very personal instruments. So, I mean, as much as the deer horn is centered around that it's not just a gear podcast like we don't sit around for an hour and say the oscillator sounds so good the filter's (laughs) like raw man (laughs) it's more about how this exact thing how it inspires you and how you use it with other things what it does for you in your work like for example like i use you know i have a few of the pieces from Seattle lombard and i use at least some of them on everything I do just for the simple fact that there's a depth and a, a and textures from these instruments that I, I just can't find anywhere else. And if mm-hmm. they're not there, my music just sounds off. Okay. That that's uh that's that's lucky to to find that kind of relationship, you know. I I think those kind those kinds of relationships are are few and far between with like specific like types of technology as a musician, like finding something that like you just explained with plum butter, like at first, like the more you, you're, even though you've learned more how to use it, that, that, that kind of whimsy that you found early on hasn't left. And that is, uh, I kind of feel that with, with Eurorack. Um, but I'm, I've been finding more and more. I'm finding like, I don't know. I, 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 I like the idea of these kind of contained, systems like i like the strega like i've been like i fucking love this thing and i really want to so get like rad. a it's so much fun and i and i i want to get a uh i want to get the the uh no control so i can play with it as a synth cuz i feel like oh that would be like a full fucking synth with that and so like i don't know where i'm going with this i i think i just am overwhelmed with the amount of modules that i have that's what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> just, so- there's so much shit And I think, like, that was the huge thing for me, too, was just these things are standalone, and you can get more standalone boxes or whatever, but there is an end in sight, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. in Eurorack, like, I spent some time there, but I pretty much always did dedicated systems. I started with the Mm -hmm. Make Noise System Cartesian, then I upgraded to the Shared System, and then uh, I messed with the Endorphin Shuttle System a little bit, too. And then on a few occasions, I tried to build my own system, plan it out on modular grid for weeks, you know, 
And yeah. within a week of owning it, I'm like, I just can't make music. I just keep looking at more <laughs> modules and reconfiguring what I have. And it, there's like, uh, you've, you've got to have some level of discipline, I think, you know, and, definitely. And 100%. what I found coming from Eurorack is I learned a lot about, um, effects and things like that especially with the shared system like i don't think i'd ever turn a reverb pedal fully wet right you know exactly. yeah yeah uh-huh. or, or like had a delay subtly self-oscillate for texture things like that I, I i've learned all that on the shared system but then i found composing with with sequencers and stuff wasn't quite my thing mm-hmm. but then when you return to pedals and stuff with you know, the modular level of creativity, it's like a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, like I don't think I've made a track in years now that has a sequence on it. Everything is by hand with loopers and, you know, live automating knobs and all of that. Uh, I, yeah. I'm the same way. I, 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 I was just talking about this yesterday, um, with arc Ray. Uh, so that, that episode's coming out soon. Um, but he's the same way, and I don't I I like gate sequencing if I'm gonna do like really beat driven stuff. I haven't done that in a while. Um, I really like the Metron for that. But as far as like melodic sequencing goes, like I just it's not my it's not my jam. I would I'd rather just play it by hand, and uh, I don't know what it, it's for me. It's just like it 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 takes all the the fun out of it. Like trying which. Is more on me than on, you know, sequencing, but. Yeah, and um, I think, like, there's a lot of fun to be had with, you know, crazy generative sequencing and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I still crave it and dabble with it. But I found personally that I had a hard time making anything that I would want to release or anything. And I think simply because it didn't feel human. And not all electronic uh, music has to sound or feel human. But mm-hmm. if it's my output and I want to express something, then that's just a personal thing. I like to know that it came from my bones and not a random voltage. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to notice like a a like a, a through line, like bringing up Morgan uh, Arc Ray, who I was talking to yesterday. You, him, and I—we all started from a rock or guitar background and i think and and kyle swisher as well and and he plays a lot by hand very obvious in kyle's work (laughs) yeah yeah he's very like songwriting and and i'm it's just it's funny that different backgrounds can like really dictate how you use like technology because i am i am in like my my current like traveling case is probably you know for at least 40 percent effects you know, in a seven U case, that's a lot. Is that you know? like the synth pack or no? It's what I yeah. It's it's what I'd be using for the synth pack. Yeah, um, I I've, I've recently kind of changed it around. Uh, I put some drum stuff in it, but now I just got an MPC one, so those drums are. Oh I'm right, I them saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, giving it I'm another just... world, people. He's he's going into the external sampler world. <laughs> well, because I've been so into samples, and the reason I got into modular was to sample it, you know, make you know, and to do stuff with like in Ableton, and I just never did. And I'm, I think I I watched one guy pl- when I was playing in New York, Space Grandma. Um, he played a set with the MPC one, and I was just like, that's that's what I need. 
and I got home and I got one. Yeah, the <laughs> the power and convenience available there is uh, pretty insane if you have the patience. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm looking for is the patience to build the stuff um, because I want to stretch out live sets. That's my biggest my biggest complaint with, and it's all on me because I, I insist on only using a 7U rack and I insist on having a bunch of effects and not use sequencers, but I can't do really long sets with just... So I want to be able to, like, I'd like to be able to pull off a half hour to an hour, you know? Um, well, I, I think event. I could stand there and watch you for at least 10 minutes um, doing nothing <laughs> as long as you have that mustache. <laughs> for the listener, and I forgot to explain it to you, I, I forgot that I had a mustache. This was my costume to an 80s party that we went to the other day. Oh, is, you kept it I on. I was like... What's that? I said you kept it on. I did because my facial hair grows so fast. Like I, I was, I was clean shaven on Saturday, and I'm already five o'clock shadow. So I'm like two days away from just shaving this off and having a, a George Michael beard again. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, it does look good. Oh, thanks. I mean, I think I look creepy as hell, but my wife likes it. So that's yeah, why I've I kept got it. the same thing. I've got a little one going on right now that I, I just got back my mustache and i had a friend say the same thing he's like when you don't have one something always looks a little off but i've never been beard guy because i still grow facial hair like a seventh grader so So i grow facial hair like a fucking sasquatch and that's why i mean I, i like the way it looks but i mostly have a beard because it just sucks to shave every day. Yeah. And I, I'd, I, I'd have to. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know the feeling, but I understand. <laughs> like, I can't even... I can, when I shave with, like, a bick on my face, I can't get it to where it's just skin. There will always be, like, stubble. It's right. like, I can't... It's And then I bleed, and it's just really annoying. Welcome to Beard Talk. Yeah, um, this episode <laughs> is brought to you by Manscaped 3.0. <laughs> I wish Manscaped. Get, I want some of that Manscaped money. I'll sell out in a fucking heartbeat for Manscaped money. You hear me, Manscaped? And me undies. Come at your boy. Uh, just kidding. The reason we don't have those is because of our fine, generous Patreon subscribers. Um, man, we got way off the, off the rails. Here. Yeah, I don't even um, know how we ended up here. Oh, I think I just yeah. made a joke that we got real deep in. <laughs> Um, so we're talking about Giat Lombard stuff and your podcast and why you gel with it so much. I want to, well, I want to talk about your, um, your album. You sent me your cassette. Uh, and I also want to talk about the, the compilation album that's coming out. But first off, let me tell you, um, it's sorry. I'm so bad with It's do two, right? Yeah. Yeah. D U E two. Like, so do two external ex- something. Yeah. Um, uh, just to tell you, cause I realized that it's a little bit of a strange album title, but, uh, I've spent most of my life working in safety sensitive positions where, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of policies and things like that, or you have to do this due to something or another. Uh-huh. Then when COVID came, everything was must wear a mask due to COVID due to COVID. You can only buy one roll of toilet paper. Uh-huh. So everything was just due to everything <laughs> in my life at home or work was due to. And, and that record was very much about the misery of that time. So yeah, that's why it's called okay. due to. Okay. Well, it, I'm not, I didn't get misery out of it, but so uh, here's my, this is going to be a long winded, um, 
talk about beards. What's that? A long-winded talk about beards? Yeah, yeah. No (laughs) mustaches. Um, (laughs) So this this does relate to your album, but you're going to be like, how? Um, So while I was in New York, I was filming a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I like to make videos of performances and then cut in like scenery with it and like try to make short films. And, um, so and I was filming a, a lot in New York. What's that? I said, and you do a great job of it. Oh, th- thanks. I appreciate that. I feel like I fucked up in New York because I was with other people, so I didn't want to slow them down. And I was in it like every single shot that I took was hurried. And I was like, I did, there was like nothing I was really excited about to like stitch in. And I did use it for a live video, but like, I'm just, I was so bummed and I, and I realized that I just need to take my time when I'm filming stuff. Um, so yesterday I was gonna, I, I want to do, uh, I want to do love letter performances to the neighborhoods in Seattle that I like. So just like make, so I'm going to start with my neighborhood, which I really love. So I thought I... I have to listen to um, Jay's album like a number of times before I talk to him because that's what I like to do is just like really like cram it in so it's it's what's on my mind when we go into our conversation. Um, so I was like, I really want to do it with headphones. What I'll do is I'll put on headphones and I'll walk around South Park, my my neighborhood, and film. And you. While I was filming, I was almost like your your music started acting as the soundtrack to what I was filming, and it gave me like this this calm and I feel like it even like made me make more artistic like artistic choices, but cool. it helped me go slow. It helped keep me in a good pocket of of filming and 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 being patient because like the whole vibe of it was just like. It was just really fun to shoot to and it and it I feel like it helped me like take my time when I'm usually kind of in a rush. So that was like it was kind of a really cool I wasn't expecting that, you know, I was like expecting I'm gonna film and then listen to this and kinda of double brain it. But it became one full experience and it was uh it was really fun. It was really cool. You know, I mean thank you. That's really cool to hear, but the whole time all I could think about it's pretty interesting because um the whole vibe of that album came out of a similar thing which was just basically soundtracking my neighborhood at the time and the dog Uh walks because I was kind of trapped there with COVID I couldn't really go Uh outside of you know that suburban square Uh uh-huh and uh yeah so it's cool that it tends to seep into that setting because that's definitely where it was conceived i mean i'm sure mm-hmm. the the surroundings are are a little different but i think uh what you were doing was not drastically different yeah yeah it's just um it, it made me like it kind of made me like recontextualize lists listening to other people's music and i'm trying to f- find a way to say this that doesn't sound like a complaint um I'm but tough. Because I, I could take it. Well, it's not about you specifically. It's I talk. I talk to, I talk to new people, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, and you know, half of the time they're musicians who just released an album. So I spend a lot of my time listening to music that I maybe wouldn't have selected 
if I if it was you know if I wasn't talking to that artist you know right. maybe I didn't wouldn't even have found out about it but people send me stuff so a lot of times I'm listening to music that I'm see this already sounds kind of like dicky but it's like I don't mean it that way it's just like yeah the, I I pro- I would have listened to yours because we're friends but um. But, you know, I don't listen to everything because you can't listen to everything. No, and you, uh, I understand that you definitely get flooded. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's actually pretty awesome because I get to hear a lot, like, stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise heard. And it, and, um, it keeps me creatively charged. But it was cool for me. I kind of, like, with that experience that I just described, I kind of, like, gave me pause and, like, gave me, a, like, I got a lot of gratitude out of that my circumstance where I could complain, Oh, I'd rather be listening to, um, you know, lightning bolt right now because I'm, I'm really into like really fast, heavy shit right now. But instead I'm listening to an al- like an ambient album by so-and-so. Um, it's that, you know, rather than having that perspective, I, I now can like dive into this perspective of like, I had like Jay's album artistically inspire me. And like, I got to actively, I got to, it was weird to be actively inspired. Like, you know, usually you listen to music and then you go do the thing. Right. But I was doing the thing while the music was happening. And that was, it was really interesting and cool. I, I don't know. That might be hippy dippy. And, but hey, whatever it is, I'll take it as a compliment. That's cool. I mean, yeah, was, I appreciate really anyone cool. listening, period. If it inspires you, that's great. If you get through it, that's great, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the specifics of this album now, like gear wise, cause you gave me the plum butter and I'm messing with it. And I'm like, I can't get anything that's music out of this thing. And you're like, have you like used it as a, you know, as a prop, like a sound processor yet? And I was like, what? I didn't even know it did that. And then I think you told me that your whole album was processed through it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So I think almost okay. every single track. Okay. Cause it very, what I really like about your album is it sounds like it almost sounds like you're playing, like say you're in a three room house. Like it's almost like you're sitting in the living room and one album's playing in one room and another one's playing in the other, but they're playing nicely with each other. That's what it kind of feels like. There is kind of this like weird lo-fi like melding of like two independent things that are working well so i see you smiling like is that intentional or Uh, it's not intentional per se but i know exactly what you're talking about and what caused it okay lay it on me yeah so i actually i have an op1 and i use that um mostly as a looper because Mm -hmm. it has that shitty built-in mic uh-huh. So a lot of times what I'll do, because the Seattle Lombard instruments are stereo, is I'll make some loops or whatever through my pedals and double track it out of phase on the OP-1 across the room with the OP-1's mic. Uh-huh. And then run that in stereo into the plum butter, either for filtering or stereo auto panning or whatever. And then that is like a natural reverb that, that puts whatever... I put on those tracks in a completely different space. Uh-huh. And that's okay. where the, I, I would assume that's where what you're talking about is coming from. Cause I think I also did that on pretty much every track. Like the OP one mic being fed into something is 
that's one of the things I do a lot of. I, I just love the ability to like get rid of all the low end mud and stuff and just uh-huh. completely create this little band of frequencies that's in its own space separate from, you know, other reverbs or delays or whatever. I do that with the R bar. Oh, the mic on that is fantastic. So that's what I use for the synth pack. And a lot of, uh, most of my recent like processing of external sounds has just been, in fact, I'm making like, I was working on some of the mixes last night. I'm making like a a full album with my friend, Steven, who plays piano and I'm just processing his piano through my synth via the R bar. And, and, uh, I was put, I put a mic in a Strega. You got to use Strega as well. But yeah, that, that's um, cool. You put a mic in the Strega. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can do some crazy shit there. Um, but there's something I, I feel like I've, I've always liked that like lo-fi crunchy. Like if you have some, you know, it's not to call the OP, the OP one is far from shitty, but the mic on it is not like a high frequency no, response. Uh, mic. Yeah. So it's you know, good. Like, shitty. It's, it's good. Shitty. Yeah. I love, I love using good shitty stuff. Same. Yeah. So, okay. That cause you know, with, with, without ambient, al- ambient albums, like sometimes it is just like, it's just the thing that you hear at face value and it's nice and calming. But I feel like sometimes this kind of music that we are all like kind of participating in, it takes a few listens to reveal itself to you. And I feel like that's what your album's like. Like that revelation didn't come until like my third pass through the album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the third time I'm listening, I'm like, oh, this is like, oh, this is okay. And I started noticing how the layering was all like, is really, really well done. I really appreciate that, that aspect of it. Oh, thanks, Tim. And uh, it's funny, you know, because I do everything like, I don't know if we talked about that, but I do everything live to stereo. I don't multi-track or anything. Mm -hmm. And little tricks like that OP1 thing is kind of how I help deal with EQ and space and all that, as I said. Uh But um, I'm always trying because, you know, when you just have a few loops and, and whatever, it's hard to maybe give things a ton of depth because there's not a lot changing. It's pretty repetitive music. So it's in those textures and spaces and stuff like that that, that I try and reward the person who does give it multiple Definitely. lessons, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to be, like, as an artist to, like intentionally leave some easter eggs or something and you know i've always done that and there are easter eggs that no one will ever find because i've made albums that 20 people have listened to you know but it's still fun to know that they're there you know uh, yeah it's funny because i feel like i've done that and then forgot about them myself too you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or have you ever heard like an easter egg in your own music that you're like what did i do there <laughs> yeah totally yeah and I, I used to do this thing where um, the last track of the album was always like kind of almost like a like a little over the top and like kind of borderline not good, but like really beat driven and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I used to think that was so funny. But now it's like no one fucking got that joke. Like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's art, right? I think ultimately yeah. you have to do it for yourself first. And sometimes the funniest jokes are the ones that no one is in on. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're rounding up on an hour. We're getting close, and I want to make sure that we don't um, skip over the, uh, the compilation that is out now. It's available now on cassette. 
Yes, it is available now on cassette. Hopefully, okay. I mean, ideally, it'll sell out before this episode drops. But... Oh, maybe, yeah. Well, so let, let's talk about it. What um, is, what... Yeah, so basically with the Deerhorn uh, podcast, I give the artist an opportunity to um, play part of a song before we talk and then, you know, play at the end of the podcast their favorite uh, full song that they've done. Mm-hmm. And I let them pick that. Sometimes they'll let me pick whatever. But basically what I'm getting at is is there was no patch challenge or anything uh-huh. like that. And and I didn't want to do that just because I was lazy mostly. <laughs> 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 and so I, I got to thinking, and basically what the, the Deerhorn album is, it's called Cocoa Butter, which is a... Nice. Yeah, a, a Cocoa Butter compilation, volume one. And I reached out to, uh, I don't know, it was eight or ten, I can't even remember, artists. And I basically gave them all the same patch challenge. And, uh, yeah, they, whoever signed up for it sent me tracks, and we got it mastered and on a cassette. Um, it's super minimal stuff. So, basically, mm-hmm. I gave them the the rules where uh, the track has to be under five minutes. Mm-hmm. You can only use Seat Lombard instruments. So, uh, no Eurorack, no, no looping, anything like that. I actually, in fact, I had the stipulation that you could only loop in a Coco Qantas. Okay, okay. But then... Um, I gave them the option to, uh, like, use reverb or delay or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. A- and uh, no multi-tracking. So it was a pretty... That's a tall order. Pretty tall now order know, to, to yeah. try and put an album together. But my fear was was that if I gave everyone too much room, um, it would be hard to put a cohesion or, or to put yeah. something cohesive together. Mm-hmm. And the the Seat Lombard instruments all have a very uh, unique voice, I would say. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to see with such limitations how each artist would have their voice come through. Mm-hmm. And it worked out pretty great, I'd say. I'm really excited about it. But yeah, it's definitely um, it's a minimal thing for sure. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um uh, who are some of the people that are on it? Um, Noctopolis is on there, which I think anyone who's familiar with Siet Lombard has probably stumbled across. He's kind of like the uh, expression wizard when it comes to those instruments. Okay. Uh, my friend Fern Lodge is on there, um, and he's been huge in all of my work and everything. He edits my tracks and gives me creative direction and does all my art. <laughs> he did the was art the for first, the cover. Was he the first episode? That's right. Of Deer Hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One of my best friends that I've never met in person. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jungle of Wires is on there. Sweet Earth okay. Flying is on there. Um, Melvin Gonzalez. We got Paperbark and uh, the Lifted Index is on there. And then uh, my friend Josh, he actually doesn't or didn't up to that point do a ton of recorded music, but he's one of the the go-to DIYers in the Seattle Lombard community, and he did a track as well too. That's super cool. 
Awesome. And if I and missed can... anyone, I feel terrible. But I think I think that was all of them. <laughs> uh, where do people go to get this one? Oh, you know what? Did I say the lifted index? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he yeah. just had a record come out on Sile, which is absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to. Yeah, I, I recognize some of these names that you said, so I, I'm looking forward to to diving into this and just hearing what different people do with this. Because I, we'll talk about it on your episode that I'm going to be on about my experience with this, but I recorded a bunch of stuff and I think one thing I'm like, "Eh, I would show this to people. Cool. Well, that's (laughs) good. One is better than none, right? Yeah. Yeah. I recorded the first thing I ever did and it's pretty hilariously bad, but, um, so where can people get this? Uh, that'll probably be on my band camp actually. Which okay. I don't even know what the link is, but I'll send it. I think it's Samuel it's Edmund. Be, it's Samuel Edmund. I'm almost positive. Yeah, it's, but I'll I'll send it to you anyways if you want to put it in the show notes or whatever. And then uh, if you definitely you, it'll be on my Instagram and all that as well. And that's where Do Two is as well. Do Two will be on Folded Note Records Bandcamp. Oh right, okay. Uh, and links to all of this will be in the show description. Yeah, and just there, to say if. Um, uh, again, thank you to Folded Note Records for putting out due to, but uh, there will be a repress of that album on cassette coming soon-ish. So okay, if cool. you do want that, I would recommend just streaming it for free and buying the tape when it comes if you want a copy, yeah. but, you know, whatever you want to do. And uh, any time you spend on any albums over at Folded Note will not be time wasted. Sweet. Um, is there anything you want to scream from the modular mountaintops before I give you a patch challenge? No, uh, I think we covered it all. Check out all that stuff. I just submitted an EP to the ambient vault podcast. Um, okay. Which I don't know if you've checked out, but it just I have not. Yeah. I think not he yet. does a couple a month every Sunday. It's like 15 to 20 minutes from different artists. And there's like almost 40 episodes or something now. So for okay. anyone looking for some new ambient music, that's a pretty cool thing to check out. And I should have um, an EP out there soon. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I sh- should just go on for days with shout outs here. But I yeah. think anyone <laughs> who's helped me out in any way or been a part of the Deerhorn or anything, um, I appreciate everything and I love you all. And I still can't believe I'm on PodMod. <laughs> thanks Tim oh man this has been so much fun I've been really looking forward to this I was excited when you started a podcast and I was like all right once you hit x amount of episodes you got to come on so you know because sometimes people start podcasts and they they don't stick with it you know I I figured like as much and I know with the the rate that I do them that because I think wasn't it like 12 you said was the good number I forgot but then once I saw you're doing once a month I was like I'll be a little and I went. I was like, "Oh well, there's doing a com- compilation album, and he has an album out. Like, this is definitely yeah. all stuff worth talking about." And uh, I, I think it was good too because it, it takes a while to get legs. You know, the the definitely, podcast, yeah. even though we haven't done a ton, it's it's definitely grown a ton in in a short while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think just like the modular popularity is is continuing to grow, and and that you know not just your rack, but all formats. And like you were saying in the beginning, like how could you not be 
drawn in at least by the the appearance of these instruments at first you know like yeah when my my wife came home and i showed it to her she was like that looks amazing and i'm like yeah i don't know how to use it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it'll look good by your needham case maybe yeah it does it does um okay so i generated some words it's i don't think this is it's not really an adjective noun it's kind of a noun noun but i don't give a fuck because i think it sounds cool floodgates overture floodgates overture I'll so take like that. The, that's pretty dramatic sounding, I think. Yeah, no, and it's funny because just before we talked this morning, I was talking with a friend. Um, I did a 90-kilometer bicycle ride yesterday. Holy shit. That's <laughs> and a I'm ways. new to it, so I was posting photos of my bike, and my friend Parliament Light on Instagram was like, you know, grilling me on not being able or not taking the photos of the bike properly. It's like, you know, you got to show the gears and whatever, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. I, uh-huh, I'm not a bike uh-huh. snob. And he, he jokingly sent me a link to this uh, cycling photographer's uh, Instagram page. And there was uh, a photo there of, uh, it was like a bike that was like sunk and you could just kind of see the basket was in the water <laughs> and i was like oh yeah it's like the drowning bicycle and he's like that sounds like a good pod mod challenge yeah. and hey floodgates overture is that what it was that's pretty yeah that's yeah. pretty close so it's yeah. pretty close to drowning bicycle i would say Ooh, i might have to save drowning bicycle for for somebody in the future right on jay this was so much fun and um everybody go check out the Deerhorn podcast and be on the lookout for your boy on there talking about how he doesn't know what he's doing with it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Actually, this was my, from the modular mountaintops thing. If I could say just for all of uh, your listeners, Tim, the, the deer horn is not just an hour of talking about Seat Lombard. Uh, Much like Tim's podcast, we usually get into their backgrounds and most of the time is spent, uh, talking about their process in creating their albums and stuff and and oftentimes that does involve Eurorack cases or electron gear or whatever so yeah if you you know are interested in just more music nerd talk it's a safe or uh, a good place to go over there too without uh i'm i promise you won't be too bored uh hearing us talk about wood okay let's get into j samuel edmund ryan's floodgates overture and let me just remind y'all that we have a patch challenge page on the discord channel and i would love to hear your floodgates overture but for now let's listen to jace
That was absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much, Jay. Please, everybody listening, go check out the Deerhorn podcast and uh, check out that link in the show description that'll bring you to Cocoa Butter, the compilation album of all Chia Lombard made tracks. Once again, thank you to Patchwork Seattle. New shop, new, uh, just a whole new vibe. Same great people. Uh check them out at patchworks.com if you can't make it to the new location the new locations address is in the show description um but yeah visit them online at patchworks.com once again thank you to needham woodworks visit them online at needhamwoodworks.com and of course after later audio for their continued support of the show you know i love after later audio modules go check them out thank you so much for coming back to podcast until next week <laughs>